Good morning, I'm Andy Mitchell. Uh, The reading this morning is from Psalm 71. Uh, God's word says this. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been as a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent, for my enemies speak concerning me Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. May they be covered who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually. And I will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You have made me see my troubles and calamities, many troubles and calamities, will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me. I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O holy one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long. For they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. This is the word of the Lord. Oops. Es un placer de estar con ustedes esta mañana. Oh, Andy, venga a traducir. 
Are you coming to translate that? I'm disappointed. <laughs> no, no, dice él. No, no. I'm Luis Martinez, or Luis Martinez. Um, I've uh, been married to Susan for 48 years. She has never been disappointed. <laughs> we have been great. We, we, we just love each other and just have a great relationship, and uh, it's been great. Uh, I have uh, served uh, Evangelical Free Church since 1979. It's been a few years. And uh, God, by his grace, has given me a, a, a many opportunities. I have uh, served uh, five churches in California, uh, some Hispanic and some uh, Anglo churches, and uh, one uh, multicultural. So God has given me some great opportunities. I have also served in the district in Iowa um, as a multi-ethnic director. And then uh, here, I came to uh, uh, Indiana to uh, live near our daughter, Natasha, and our granddaughters. Uh, and so we came here, and uh, uh, Great Lakes District then asked me if I could encourage them and be a part of them part-time. That's a joke. Uh, part-time work, you know. Uh, so I was looking for part-time work, so God opened the door here to be a church planting catalyst. And uh, so I encourage church planting in this area, and uh, it's a challenge. Sometimes I think about the disappointment of that in itself. Uh, but I also had the privilege and joy of uh, uh, starting and being a part of Iglesia de Fe here at uh, two years ago. We started that, and FICA you know, was, was really part of that. I, I came here, and I, I kind of looked at this place full of uh, all kinds of ethnic people, and I got so excited, and I said, man, is there a Spanish work in here? Uh, no, not really. Well, then, shared with some people, Steve Eisenstein and a few others, uh, is there some interest? Can we think of that and pray about that? And Pastor Tom and the staff, we got together, and uh, by God's grace, we launched this thing by faith, crazy. I taught church planting for 20 years. I broke all the rules, <laughs> which God works. And uh, Andy and Amy, you know, Andy, right from the beginning, faithful people, Beverly and Sylvia, you know, faithful people here, many of you encouraging the work that's God, that God is doing here. And I have been encouraged and continue to be encouraged in what God is doing. So as we come to this uh, text, uh, this psalm, and this topic, um, Pastor Johnny, uh, John, uh, Joey and, and Jeff asked me if I wanted to partake in, in sharing, and I just was meditating on this passage about a month before they asked me to share from the song of rescue, and I thought, wow, and I just was drawn back to this beautiful um, Psalm because it talks about life. And maybe some people have labeled this psalm a midlife crisis. You know, it's kind of like the, the psalmist is looking at this from the past and experiences and his present situation and the future. And in that, he's real. He's talking about disappointment. What are disappointments? Well, Pastor Jeff spoke of fear. 
Pastor Joey on joy and Pastor Tom on gratitude. And I get the challenge now of what may be interpreted as negative, but it's not. It's really positive to see what God can do in our disappointments. So when I think about disappointments, what are disappointments? Let's talk a little bit about disappointments. You're going to be disappointed with this speaker this morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that happens. You know, that, that's okay, you know. <laughs> That's all right. We work with that. I mean, we got great teachers and uh, pastors here in this church. And so you needed a balance. <laughs> you know, so God is good and God is gracious. And through that, but this is what's going to happen. You're going to have to apply the text. <laughs> so we're going to have to look at when we pass through disappointments, okay, am I weird, different? Uh, what's going on? No, we're... That's going to happen in life. You're going to go through disappointments. This afternoon, you're going to have some disappointments. This week, you're going to have some disappointments. We're all. So in God's way and sovereign will, he's going to allow disappointment to take place in our lives. For God was also disappointed. Got a lot of stories on that one, right? And how he brings us back to himself through grow, through disappointments. A couple of definitions on disappointments up on the, on the board here. Someone has said that disappointments are feelings of sadness or displeasure caused by non-fulfilling of one's hopes or expectations. Often disappointments take place when I, you start looking at the future and you expect something, yeah, and you start getting involved in it and your emotions get into it and when your emotions get into it and everything else, it's kind of lose a little bit of perspective, you know, and you start relying on something else or someone else for these expectations and, you know, this, this desire that you want to see happen. High expectations, wrong motives, limited perception, mistaken priorities, our false reliance lead to disappointments. So what are you disappointed about? What are some areas of your life that you're going through disappointment right now? Some of us in relationships, a gamut. Some of us who have adult children that would like to see them take more steps to the Lord. Some who have gone away from the Lord. No interest in God at all. And we're kind of a little disappointed about that. You know? It could be a work relationship. My daughter just went through that. You go to work every day. Oh, it's a bummer. You're disappointed. What? What? An incident every day. You get disappointed because of that. See? It could be your health. You know? Happened to me, you know, several times. Go to the doctor, have your annual physical. I see a growth. Three weeks later, tells you you got cancer. A little disappointed, especially when you were in good health for 55 years. See? So sometimes things happen in our lives that we don't understand completely 
And sometimes God doesn't allow us to understand. And even in retirement now, a part-time retirement now, dealing with the limited budget that we live in, I got the news at the beginning of this year that my retirement fund took a dive. You know? And I get the news. It's going to be like three to $400 less a month for you. What? I trusted the free church <laughs> and their retirement fund. You know what I mean? What happened with you guys? You know, that's the negative. You get going on that, you know, blame somebody else. It's kind of like my grand, little granddaughter, six years old. Poppy, it's all your fault. All of it, it's all your fault. <laughs> the Mosaic team, which I've had a joy of being a part of, Show this movie, April 22nd, McFarland, USA. I want, to, I want you to see a clip of this, just a little clip of it. And, you know, I would like to have all of you really see this movie sometime. Get it at the library, somewhere else, Amazon, eight bucks, you know, whatever. Because it talks about a coach, his wife, that I, have, that I, that I knew, taking this group of young high schoolers through times in their life were full of disappointments and see the victory of how God uses him to encourage them. Let's see that for a second. Welcome to McFarland. This is a farming town. These kids working here are invisible. They come from the fields and they go back to the fields. Mr. White, if we're gonna reach him, now's the time. Have a good day. I'm Coach White, your new PE teacher. Diaz, Diaz, Diaz. Popular name where you guys come from? White, is that a popular name where you come from? <laughs> All right, run a lap, go. They're fast. Yeah. Cross-country running. California is holding their first state championship this year. You do understand we don't have a cross-country team? Yep. You've coached cross-country before? No. You competed in high school, maybe? No. Well, you sound perfect. Anybody seen Danny? Danny Diaz? Hey, we needed seven. Yeah, seven runners, not six runners in. Danny Diaz. Hey, you're our anchor, Danny, and not because you're fat. And you are a little fat, okay? So we better lose some weight. Let's go. Just try and remember, lowest score wins. It's like golf. We don't got a country club. We don't even got a Kmart. Didn't know McFarland had a team. Fourth place. That's not too shabby. Fourth out of four, also known as last. Better luck next time, boys. <laughs> this is going to come down to which runners can handle the pain. Let's hit it again. Mr. White, each hour that my boys train with you, they do not work with me. That's food off our table. No one stays in McFarland unless they have to. There ain't nothing American dream about this place. I'm guessing running's the best thing you've got. Me too. What's going on? Team fundraiser. My boys need new uniforms. You are a good man, and so I'm helping you. Okay, now go shower. Oof. I'll be honest with you. The odds are stacked against us. You guys are superhuman. There's nothing you can't do with that kind of strength, with that kind of heart. Let's go show them how it's done. I want to tell 
dogs. Trash. Tell your father it was an honor to be invited into his home. Dad, he said it was an honor to be invited into your home. Tell him I say thanks. Jim White um, attended our church in Cayucas, where I pastored for nine years. And so I was speaking at that particular Sunday, uh, Sunday as a visitor, years after I had left Cayucas, a church that still supports me today, you know, great, great church. And Jim uh, was at the service, and I spoke, and then after we went out to lunch with several other people, and he started talking to me about this vision that he had. He wanted to tell his story of what God had done in his life and in this community and with these athletes. But he was so disappointed every time he went to the Hollywood producers to, to, to make the movie that they wanted to change the movie to their liking, their way to make the money. And he kept on denying the request from all the major, you know, Hollywood producers. So he was really discouraged when we spoke that day. And I told him, you know what? We just need to keep on praying and asking God to open doors of opportunities. So a few years ago, you know, we're looking at the television, Susan and I, and there comes that movie, Kevin Costner. I said, that's McFarlane. That's a story. That's Jim. I was so excited and so thankful that God had given that opportunity to Jim and his wife, Cheryl, who loved the Lord. But the one thing that it's a little disappointing about the movie is that it doesn't give you the impact of God in the lives of those families. Jim shared the gospel, the love of Christ, with many of those families, and he prayed for those students, and many of those students and runners came to know Christ. You see them only once or twice praying together. Jim says, we always pray together. See? But that's Hollywood. But the story behind it, and why I wanted you to see, is because here was a, a, a coach, a man, and his wife, who had gone through some horrendous disappointments after one after another in their lives. And yet, he sensed God's call and God's direction and God's encouragement to continue. And like the psalmist, we see here, it's a praise. So quickly, in the short time that I have left, let's, uh, let's look at the psalm. And first of all, look at what, how can we take steps out of disappointment? We want to avoid the fact of disappointment leading to despair, to depression. And any of us and all of us can take those steps and we can encourage others to stop it short before it becomes a disaster. I see that so often today with young people. It, it, it hurts my heart, you know, to see the young people, high schoolers and college students just totally devastated. And some of them take their lives and get all messed up in all kinds of things disappointed with life and everything, and it's so sad. 
So the first thing I see here is that it's a God's appointment. In our disappointment, we have to see and observe and look and find how God is going to reveal his character, his way. And this is what the psalmist helps us to see. And the first one is that we have a safe place with him. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Now look at the words of refuge and rock of refuge in verse 3. Uh, the latter part. For you are my rock and my fortress. There you go. You are my hope. He tells us five times here the word refuge, a place of safety, a place that we could go and be with God. This is where I see him you know, tying this all together. He said, don't, don't let me be ashamed. There are times when we are disappointing and fall into shame. When I think of my own uh, upbringing, I was born and raised in New York City in El Barrio. My father was an alcoholic. I played four sports in high school. He never went to any of them. Talk about disappointing. Not only that, but your teammates are saying, where's, where's your mom and dad? You know, you kind of feel, oh, well, my, they got divorced. My dad drinks, and my mom went back to New York City with my sisters. My mom was a tremendous influence in my life spiritually. My mom was the one who took us to church and encouraged us in spite of my dad. And there, you know, at a service, a bilingual church, when I look back in my life, God rescued me, see? And the pastor was talking about purpose in life. And I was looking for purpose in life because all the guys I was hanging out with were in gangs and drugs and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't want to be a part of that. So he says, I'll give you purpose. And that refuge of salvation took place in my life. I said, Lord, come into my life. I want that purpose. I want that refuge. And then shortly after that, we moved from New York City to Massachusetts. Whoa, talk about cultural shock. Whoa, big time change. I was the darkest guy in the town. You know what that meant? Going up and down the basketball court with my hairy legs, everybody's going, dude, dark, you know, and all this kind of stuff, feeling insecure, feeling like I'm weird, I'm different. Who am I? In this kind of a shame and this discouragement thing, setting, you know, and, and being there. And I, I, I just felt, wow. Lord provided a coach like Jim White who encouraged me, who pushed me, to excel in sports, not only that, but in school. My guidance counselor told me, Louis, you're better going to a technical school. Your grades are, mm, you know. Coach says, no, you go ahead. You apply to a college of your choice. But God had other plans. I wanted to be an architect. Went to architecture. I was accepted to the School of Architecture in Arizona State University, but he had different plans. I was in the Air Force for four years during the Vietnam War. That was a kind of a little disappointment. I wanted to study. Got a sidetrack over here. Ah, but one of the refugees thing is that he brought Susan into my life. 
See? And God used her to encourage me, to get me out of this idea of who am I? Who am I? My personal self. I am your rock. I am your, your fortress. I am the one who's going to give you hope. I am the one who's there. So the psalmist says, it's your righteousness. See, because when I get into, uh, you know, disappointment, I start focusing on me and other things and what I think is right. And the psalmist says, it's your righteousness. And he mentions that four times here in this text. So it's looking to you what you call right, holy, and how I should act and how I should behave and all of that. Sometimes, when I have been disappointed, even with my own children, I have expressed it not in a righteous way. Come on. You know what I mean? You give all the negative body languages. Oh, you know? So what? So God has convicted me. He said, you know, Louis, you need to look at what God and how God wants to use you to encourage others like the psalmist is saying here. And so Jesus says in Matthew 11, here this passage that we see, Come to me all you who are weary and burdened, disappointed. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest. For your souls. Sometimes we could be so disappointed in ourselves, what we've done, not done, past uh, decisions that have some consequences, so on and so forth, and we disappoint ourselves and we just get bummed out. Susan and I have the privilege of working with Africans for six years in Des Moines, Iowa to help a church plant there. So some of the things I have done, which I'm, you know, disappointed about, is I disappoint some cultural groups. I don't mean to, but I have. And I remember having this great opportunity, Susan and I, to invite, you know, these high schoolers for a lunch gathering about an hour after their three-hour service on the morning, Sunday morning. You know, and we're gathering together. We're doing all the food. There's about 30 kids, 35 kids, and we have all the food out there. And all of a sudden, we see the adults and the children looking. And the kids, their mouths are watering. You know, it's about 1.30 in the afternoon. I'm sh they're hungry, of course. And I look over there, and I talk to Susan. I, did we misunderstand something here? And she says, I don't know. Pastor Walanja, Pastor Walanja, come. He said, don't worry, Pastor Louis. You go ahead. You go ahead. But we was just looking at their disappointed eyes and hearts and count. We felt so bad. Lord, we need your help. All right. Let's do a 5,000 feeding here. Let's pray and God will multiply. This little food for 30 people, you know, for 230 people, you know, including the kids. I don't know how he did it, but everybody ate. We had a few grapes left. That was it. Not much, but, you know, it happened. But, you know, after that we left, we said, you know, 
we have to be sensitive to some of our cultural people. I remember celebrating a Chinese uh, New Year's in February. Susan's all excited. She makes a pot of rice. No way. Spanish rice is Spanish rice. Chinese rice is Chinese rice. Okay? It doesn't go. You know, and Susan put a whole bunch of broccoli on top of our Spanish rice. After the potluck was all gone and everybody left, there's the pot. No broccoli, but all the rice. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, you, you think about things that you do and you, you try. And I'm sharing that with you because God in his grace has given us opportunity to minister to a variety of cultural people. And we're going to disappoint people. That's what I'm saying. Don't get down, but find the rescue and the strength in the Lord that he is going to help you through this. The second part is disappointment. God says, I come near. In verse 9, do not cast me off in time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. He's talking about not only old age, but later on he talks about the youth and children and how we were brought up. So it's, he's praying, Lord, don't leave me. I was a chaplain in a nursing home when I was raising my support in Iowa. Did that for a year and a half. That was a new experience. But God opened the door. That's how we were going to supply some income to pay the rent. And uh, I had an opportunity of serving in a, chap, in, a, in, a, in a care facility home. It was a wonderful experience. I thank God for that rich experience. But I learned many things about people in care facilities. How lonely they are is one. How disappointed they feel. They feel, I can't do anything. They feel so bad about their health that they can't mo move as they used to. And, and, and they just are down. So as I went as a church planter in Iowa to plant churches... The first church we planted was in that home. I didn't know if I could do it or what it was, but I thought, these people need to be encouraged in God and in the Lord. Let's start a service here on Sunday morning. So, ran into Betty. Her name was Betty. She played music. Senior saying she didn't need any music. She just played the piano and the organ. She just was great. She came up to me. She said, Louie, if you start a service, I'll play for you every Sunday. I said, great. We need to encourage these dear folks. You know, get them out of disappointment. Give them a focus on God, on the psalm, that the, the, the Lord is with them at this time in their age, in the changes that they're going through. That God can lift them up and encourage them. And so we started. And as I always say, we reeled them in. <laughs> they came in. And I told them to go out and witness to their neighbor next door <laughs> in their room. You know, we started about 20 people. When I left after a year, by God's grace, we had close to 80 people. They had to get extra help, the attendants to come. And the manager got upset with me because they had to figure people out how to do it for that hour. But it was exciting to see that. Now, God just brought that and more things. And when the future chaplain came and he took on the position, he just opened up even more doors to encourage people. 
So sometimes we get a little discouraged in our age and our, you know, thing. Uh, you know, uh, when I think of my mom died of Alzheimer's, my mom in the last four or five years, she didn't recognize too many of us. And when I would go see her once a year in California, because she stayed with my sister, I would pray, God, can mom recognize me? You know, and I didn't know that. And then when I get there and I see her, she would just open up, you know, and, and I knew that she recognized me. And it was always a, a special blessing. But now I'm getting some of the effects. So I'm forgetting some of my old Bible verses. So I forget some things in the past. Some of the staff can tell you, uh, what's that guy's name? What's that guy's name? You know, I got a little disappointed, a little discouraged, a little embarrassed at times. See, with that. And so, but I can't let that bug me down. You see, I can't let it drive me down. That is part of growing and saying, Lord, I need your help. I, I need to, to trust you. So in God's appointment, he, 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 he doesn't forsake us. You see? But in this situation where we get, you know, disappointed by others, we find out that other people in the Bible went through those experiences. And Joseph is one of them. Imagine Joseph feeling like nobody cared for him. It's a, his brothers sold him. Wow. To another group of people, culture, language, out of here. Then he goes there and he works hard. Works really hard. And the, and the boss's wife accuses him of sexual harassment. So he gets thrown into jail. I'm sure he's thinking, Lord, I'm following you. This is disappointing. So he's in jail for a while, and he's in jail, and he knows God is with him, because that's what the text says when you read Genesis 37 to 50. God is with him. And God encourages him, and he's doing the ministry within the jail to these two guys, the wine tester, you know, and the baker. The baker gets, you know, cooked. The wine taster, you know, hangs in there. Keeps on doing his service, you see. But he tells the wine tester, now listen, when you go up and see the, the boss, tell him about me. Tell him about me, okay? He forgets. How many people have you told some things and they forget? Hmm, you're a little disappointed. Forgot that date, forget your anniversary. No, never do that. Never, never, never do that. Okay? But you know how it is. You, you forget some things and you kind of feel bummed out. Joseph went through those experiences, but God was always with him. Always with him. The letdowns. Today, the young people and the bullying that takes place. The put-downs. That's what the psalmist is talking about here. Uh, come, come, come quickly. Haste to me. My accusers put me to shame and consume me with scorns and disgrace. May, 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 may they be covered who seek my hurt. You are my hope. One of the things that's been hard from, through the years for me in the area of injustice is the profiling. The TSA people from after 9-11 seem to have always picked on me. It was the Puerto Rican who looks like a Middle Eastern. <laughs> you see? 
And every single time it was, come on, go over there. And the concept, I could tell you stories. I board a plane, they asked me to leave the plane. I sit next to someone, and the dear lady is literally shaking. One time I just, I just happened to have my Bible, this, not this Bible, but and I had my name on it. I told her, ma'am, I'm a pastor. My name is Louis Martinez, and this is my pastor. I showed it to her. She goes, oh, thank you so much. Just couldn't get over that, you know. It's, it's you know the constant thing. So I was disappointed when I just went to national conference in Austin, Texas, you know, because I got a pre-boarding pass. I had to look at it. I had to show the guy. Is this a pre-boarding pass? Yeah. I can't believe that pre-boarding pass. That means I can go in. Don't have to take off my shoes and smell dirty socks. You know what I mean? I mean, whatever. You know. I mean, I was wow. That is a first. There is hope. <laughs> there is hope. My daughter, uh, Bella, my granddaughter, picked her up in February after school. And she says to me, Poppy, you are free. I said, what? Yeah, Poppy, you are free. I said, free? Yeah, Martin Luther King set you free. She said, you're, this, is, this is a the five-year-old. She said, this is, you are black and Monet is white. Mommy is black and we are white. So Martin Luther King set us free. I said, free from what, honey? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're free. That's, that's what I, you know, free. So she go, we go home and she finally tells Susan, now I know why you have your bathroom and Poppy has his. And tells Monet, Monet, you can use Poppy's bathroom. It's okay. <laughs> I said, oh. So here's a five-year-old getting this message. And I'm going, how did she do that? Did she get this from, you know, school or whatever? It was funny, but sad at the same time. People labeling you. Mixed marriage. Woo. At Bob Jones University, a person came out to me. He says, you know that this is not right? You and your wife? I said, really? He said, you forgot about Abraham's story. <laughs> we have gone to restaurants. They give us separate tickets. One for you, one for her. See? I can go on. About people. But, I, but the psalmist here talks about resting in him. Consulting him, having him call you alongside. I learned I'm not going to let these situations and these people disappoint me and imply a disappointment in my life or who I am. I have to focus on I'm a child of the king. God, he loves me. He sacrificed for me. He, he, he gave everything for me. See? I am who I am in Christ. Disappointment, yes. Things I have done or said, yes. But as a whole, as a person, no. We have many disappointing people today in our world. Many. You talk to any service people in restaurants, medical, taking care of people, helping people, and do people thing, oh, they can tell you disappointment. You have gone through those if you were in the service ministries. You know, a work. 
Disappointments can happen. Letdowns, you know, whatnot. Happens in the church. One thing I learned at the five, year, five churches, don't touch the kitchen. <laughs> no way. Don't go in there, Pastor Louis. No, no, no. That's off limits, you know. And every church I go, they got these rules, <laughs> you know. So, you know. The other thing I did is one time in our church is be careful with the platform and what you move. We moved the organ two feet back to put the set of drums in there. I received the most unkind cards and letters I ever have in ministry because of that. That's all I did. Two feet back. Didn't take it off the platform, but moved it. I said, wow, pastor, how could you, you know? It creeps in the church. We have to be aware of that, what God is doing. What's my time? Oh, I better end up right now. God has provided for us as a redeemer the gospel. And he's told us a couple of things that we need to see. And, and one that I see right here is on verse 18. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. That's the victory of disappointment, God's appointment. God has allowed you to go through some difficult times in your life so that you can share the victories that you have experienced through Christ and the hope that you have in him and share it with other people, other, a person, a family member whoever it may be, no matter what it is that you have gone through, from the smallest thing to the largest disappointment in your life, that you can express that with others. God, appointments for you and me to grow through disappointment, to share uh, with others. A dear friend of mine, and I'll share with us, his poem, uh, Jonathan, is, uh, came to know Christ as a Jew, um, converted Jew who loved the Lord and he was a physician. Susan worked for him in Madeira, California and they served and blessed people and prayed for people that were so disappointed, disappointed many times. And so I told Jonathan to pray for me that I was doing. He says, oh, I'll write a poem. And so he wrote this poem. I allowed you to suffer Though loved by beyond measure, my purpose and will for you, my great treasure. I formed and I fashioned each detail within, counted your hairs, atoned for your sin. I planned all your days, prepared every step, through mountains and valleys, and watched each misstep. I know when you're hurting, discouraged, despairing, but recall the old died, my life you're now sharing. If faithless and faint-hearted disappointments you bear, cry out, I will answer, and your Father, I care. As I leave with that, I just want to leave with a couple of principles that I'll leave with you that I've grown through understanding in, in this, uh, in this uh, psalm. First, choose a place of safety. Find a place where you can get together with God, whatever it may be, and go over those expectations, those disappointments, those perspectives 
that you see and are sensing and put them at the throne of grace. He will give you his wisdom and understanding and compassion and comfort that you need. Like Elijah, like Jesus, like Paul, who set those examples, we can do. The second is, no, convinced that God is near you. Once again, rehearse that. God hasn't left you. If you are a child of God, he loves you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Reassure that against. Spend some time in the Word to get that assurance like the psalmist here. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. Third, share it. Lips of service, lips of joys, disappointments with others to bring comfort. One of the great things we have in our church is this, uh, this class, Faith Stories. To hear testimonies of what God has done in people's lives, your lives, many of you have given. Be a part of that. Get encouraged to see how people are growing in the Lord through some circumstances and situations in their lives. And that's also in a very encouragement to all of us. And we can see that. He ends, And my tongue will talk of your righteousness help all day long, for they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. Your victory over disappointment gives those people who are attacking you disappointment. Not to be malice or critical, but to realize that you have the victory in him. Father, thank you. Thank you for these words of encouragement today to the psalmist. Lord, to disappointment. And we pray, Father, that we will be transformed people for your honor and glory. Thank you, Lord, now as we partake of a celebration for some who were disappointed and discouraged. But you lifted them up as you lift us up today. In Jesus' name, amen.